0: Even all, welcome to episode two of the Pyramid Podcast with me, Alex Murphy, aka Murph, Lauro and Tomo. Uh, So today we're going to talk about the big stories in football, Uh, obviously the Mbappe news, updates on Harry Kane, other transfers that are happening around Europe and across the globe, uh, touching on Saudi, some pre-season results and form down the English pyramid uh, and and wrap up from there really. So boys, how are we this evening? Lauro? Yeah,
1: good, mate. Um, Lots has happened since the last time we spoke, so looking forward to getting into it tonight. I'm literally just watching a video of QPR in pre-season playing like Brazil, and they were one of my favourites to get relegated this year, so that's put a spanner in the works. But uh, yeah, lots to talk about, so looking forward to getting into it. Good stuff.
0: Tomo?
2: Yeah, good, good, yeah. You've, li- brought, you've listed quite a few things in that. Intro, but we haven't even mentioned Messi's. Um, well, it wasn't MLS debut, but debut for Inter Miami comes on, makes the debut. All the stars are there Kardashian, LeBron James, Serena Williams acting like fangirls and fanboys around the goat Messi. And then what does he do? He steps up in the 94th minute, curls one top bins to win him to, to win him the game. So yeah, lots to talk about, lots to get through. So, yeah, let's get going.
0: Let's crack on then, boys. I think only one place to start, uh, Kylian Mbappe. So, if I've got the figures right, a £300 million offer uh, from Al Hilal to PSG uh, to sign him with one year left on his deal and then contract terms of seven hundred mil for one season and then gets their blessing to go to Real Madrid uh, for it. Um, Tomo, I think you've probably tweeted about it today and got a bit more breakdown of the stats of what that looks like for a weekly, monthly basis. But uh initial thoughts on that bid, whether you think any legs to it. I think I've just seen that he said he's got no intention of going to Saudi, but that might be trying to eke out an extra hundred mil. What's the what's the thoughts on that one, boys?
2: Yeah, so look, we've we've as football fans over the years, we've kind of seen how just sort of mad the the money's going. The money in the game, and sort of, it's silly for me to say because maybe football's been fucked for a long time. But like a one billion pound, a one billion euro transfer just for one season. Granted, he probably is the best player in the world right now. Obviously, twenty four as well. So, um, it would be a big statement. But it's just, it kind of makes you fall out in love with the game, and I, like, it's just crazy. But Psg are obviously right to accept it, and if you're let's like, I'll put the question back to you guys. If you were Mbappe, what would you do? Because it, 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 <laughs> I'd be on the first plane to Jeddah, and I'd be signing that one year contract, and then I'd be joining Real Madrid in a year's time. Because because it seems like sort of it works for all parties, even though obviously the the figures involved are like it does make you feel sick. But I mean, what would you boys do?
1: Yeah, I don't think the question is on Mbappe if it's a no-brainer, isn't it? He's still young. He's Like you said, he's already probably the best player in the world. He's not in his prime years yet. For a billion quid or whatever it is, you've got to go. But <laughs> my question is, what are Saudi looking to get out of this? Because we've had this conversation before in terms of how are Saudi going to get to a position where they're rivaling the European leagues? Because a lot of the players that they get are good players, but probably the twilight era of their career and coming towards the end and looking for a bit of longevity in another league and to earn a lot of money, which is fine. No problem with that. But what they need is for player, young players and players in their prime to go over there and show that you can play there and still play international football and still be recognised as a footballer. So if they were signing Mbappe to do that, that would be absolutely huge. But the fact that it's only for one year and then he goes to Real Madrid, it feels like they're just thinking, right, let's throw a billion quid at it and see what that does for a year. Or are they thinking maybe if we can pay him a billion for a year, we'll tell him he's going to Real Madrid at the end, but is he not going to turn around and go, actually, if you pay me another billion, I'll stay on another year. And maybe it's a bit of a gamble in that respect. And they think if we can keep that going, more and more players are going to think, well, Mbappe's in that league. I'm going to go. And then that can help them sort of grow exponentially over the next few years. So it's an interesting one. It feels like they're just chucking the money
0: at it and seeing what happens in in, in my eyes. I think, if that works out, uh, what, what what would that be? Like something crazy, like what, 15 mil a week? Something like that? Something ridiculous it must be if it's a, at 13, 700
2: mil. Yeah, it worked out at something like 13.3 million euros a week. Yeah, so... Well, like, like, know, here's we... one for you. Go on, here's one for you just quickly. So, obviously, Ronaldo went over there, getting paid a hell of a lot of money. He's He seems to have been the sort of... The catalyst, shall we say, for for this, and then you get, then you pay Benzema two hundred million over a couple years, three years, and then, like, how are Benzema and Ronaldo feeling when now they're offering Mbappe seven hundred mil just for one year? Like Ronaldo, surely must be thinking, yeah,
0: he'll be he's, he he's going to say Ronaldo just because you know what he'll be like, and I think he's already said it. He's basically the catalyst for people to want to go and play out there, and he'll probably. Be in his head, demanding that he's on the same. But I think I think I'm right in saying that some of like some of the Saudi teams are like granted money by like the central Saudi government to like pump into their yeah, so quick, budget
2: so quickly yeah piff about a month ago um, took over the four biggest clubs in the country. So you got Al Hilal, Al nasser Al Etihad. And there's, I think it's Al Ali, the one who were, who were about to sign Riyad Mahrez, and um, yes. they they signed Firmino, about to sign Ala, Alan Set Maximen as well. So those four clubs are basically the four biggest clubs in Saudi Arabia, and now they are owned effectively by the government. Even though stupidly, the Premier League don't don't consider that PIF are the Saudi government, but we all know that they are um, allegedly. Yeah, little,
0: little edit note, uh, that is the views of uh, Tom Gallagher, if any, uh, from <laughs> anyone from Saudi's listening. Uh, I, not I don't share
1: those views at all. Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: uh, I'm i not getting caught up in that one, Tom. Uh, but just, um, yeah, so on Mbappe, so I think Laura's point's an interesting one, as in, you know, maybe this is a bit extreme, but, you know, when you get a pay rise, you start to get used to living within your means of what you've earned. So if you're on 13 mil a week, and then in a year's time, Real Madrid are like, well, we can give you a mil because they just, you know, that that would still be like absolutely extraordinary, extraordinarily big money for a player. But you go from 13 mil down to a mil a week. Maybe Saudi's gamble is, is that he'll start going, do you know what, actually, 13 mil a week. I'll have a bit of that for a, a few more years. Whether they've got views, you know, like other sports are starting to see where they'll start creating their own version of the Champions League or Saudi teams start getting invited into the Champs League if there's money on offer for UEFA. Uh, still, I think we've got some teams from outside of Europe that go into Champs League or have done in the past. Um, maybe that's what their view is. And then from a marketing point of view, yeah, it's a billion pounds up front, but if Mbappe signs for you at the age that he is, the best player in the world...
2: Well, can I? Yeah. so can I just throw something at you boys? Because obviously we're talking, like mainly we're talking about Mbappe here, right? If Mbappe goes to Saudi Arabia for a year, right? We all we all kind of agree, fair enough, it's like proper fuck you money, even for someone as rich as Mbappe. But like him signing that contract at PSG last year, for me, was almost career suicide. He should have joined Real Madrid. He should have just joined Real Madrid. But even staying at PSG from the the age of 18 to 23. Like, that does that affects someone... Like, for me, anyway, it would affect his legacy to the point of, like, would you ever consider him being on the same level as a Ronaldo or a Messi when you're in the French League until you're 24? Then you're in the Saudi League until... OK, like, we, we can't base this off what he's going to do in the future. If he joins Real Madrid at 26, wins the Champions League twice, maybe wins the World Cup again in France, then, yeah, OK, he's one of the all-time greats. But, like... Don't, don't you think, don't, oh, I don't know. I just think it's, it is quite sad that Mbappe, he's basically been the best, one of the best players in the world since he was 18. And yet he's still not won the Champions League. And he's still really, he's not, he's not played in one of the big leagues. Like.
1: Yeah. No. But we're- we're we're judging on what players do in the past and what a good career looks like in the past the the wider point is what is the Saudi league going to look like in five ten years time that might be a highly decorated place to be that that's something that they're that's something they're obviously looking to do um but they're going to you're right um, Murph said it then about Saudis are probably looking to try and get their teams into the Champions League and I'm sure that the UEFA are looking at it and thinking, oh, someone like Mbappe, that's quite a big commercial commodity that we'd be losing out of our league every year, and that draws them closer, and I agree with that, but they're going to need a hell of a lot more than Killian Mbappe for one year to get as many eyes as they want on the Saudi league, because PSG have had Neymar, Messi and Mbappe for the last few years, and I've never watched League Uh. Do you know what I mean? That's not a huge league. And they haven't brought loads and loads of attention over there. I know PSG are a massive club that compete the Champions League every year, but they've never won it. No,
2: so I, I completely agree. I completely agree with what you just said. because, and it, But obviously, the tendency t- is to think that the new age of fans, like we, we're all in our 30s, so we're in, we can't be classed as the new age. The TikTok generation basically support players. They don't support teams, which... I'm not. I I'm not convinced about because, like, well, I I wouldn't. I would never watch a PSG. I'd, I'd probably watch a PSG Marseille game, like if there was nothing on on uh, on a Sunday night and 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 the missus was out kind of thing. Yeah. But, but you like so yeah. So what you're saying, Lauro, Would you watch Saudi League next year, even though they basically signed half of Europe? No. No, definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. And like the,
1: count- you said, they're signing uh, signing half of Europe, but. The, the vast majority of those players are like your 33 to 36. You talk about Ronaldo and Benzema, they're right at the end of their careers. That ain't That isn't parallel to signing Mbappe. That would be a completely different, different kettle of fish if they were to go and sign him on a five-year deal and use that as a catalyst to get the best players from all the... Look, Harry Kane to go over there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? The best players at Real Madrid, the best players at Barcelona, the best players from Italy and Germany. But that ain't going to happen when they all know he's going to Real Madrid in a year's time. So I can't think for one minute that Saudi Arabia are thinking, right, we're going to throw all this at, Mes- um, at Mbappe and then he's going to go. They must be thinking, right, that gives us uh, a year.
2: Yeah, I agree. So, and I, I reported on Deadline Day Live today, or um, I think it was um, Matt More- Moretto from Relevo. He basically, and, and Ben Jacobs, um, the, uh, the transfer guy from CBS, basically said that they will have an option to extend his one-year contract if he wants to stay, obviously it's not just going to be yeah. You can go to Real Madrid, like you know what these like agreements tend to be with with Saudi Arabia or Qatar. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we'll agree with it, but
0: and it's complete and utter untold wealth as well, isn't it? We're all looking at it from a billion pounds, from what we consider people with a lot of money wouldn't want to lose a bill, but they've got like unfathomable amounts of cash. Where that probably for them adds up for them to do it so now I think an interesting one to keep an eye on um, across future episodes I think PSG are going to push for him to go either way somewhere for a year I don't think the best player in the world can have a year where he's not playing so if he just sits tight for a year will PSG still not play and will he go somewhere else I've seen like United Chelsea into Milan, Barcelona have, have reached out. Um, I don't know why Barcelona think they're entering into those
2: conversations.
0: Yeah, uh see, they've see, not yeah. got a pound. No.
2: Honestly, I don't get I I honestly don't get the transfer culture or like ju- how journalists can report with a straight face that like Barcelona are in for Mbappe. As if like they like they even in even if Mbappe played for Barcelona for free, and and PSG agreed to to like to let him play for free. They couldn't sign him. That, that's yeah, if, it. like
0: yeah. If uh, they apparently they've they've said to PSG, oh, we, we we won't be paying cash. It will be player
2: swaps. But
0: I yeah, can So
2: Ferran Torres and Ansu Fati. Yeah, so, yeah. Cheers.
0: <laughs> yeah, if if you ain't got the facilities for that big man, was a. Uh... Yeah. As a transfer move. I think that would uh, probably be it. But, right, we'll keep an eye on the Mbappe one. I'm sure one that will get resolved over the course of the summer. Next, on to Harry Kane, I think. Uh, I think we actually spoke on the first pod about what we thought Kane would do. Um, sort of a bit of, does he go abroad to buy Munich win a couple of uh, Bundesligas? I think PSG were interested. Um, I think we all know thoughts on the French league, or does he hold tight if he can't get sold to a uh, to a Premier League side if Levy won't allow allow it and try and break the Prem record? But Tomo, I think uh, the latest is that the Spurs owner has said that Harry Kane either signs a new deal or goes this summer. He doesn't want to lose him on a free next.
2: Yeah. So so widely reported on the weekend that Joe Joe Lewis. Um, Sat, probably sat on one of his yachts in Barbados or the Bahamas, wherever he lives, gave Daniel Levy a call and said, look, this guy, we need to sell him. And to be fair, from a business point of view, like it makes complete sense. Like you've got Harry Kane, he's, he's come through the academy. He cost absolutely nothing in terms of a transfer fee, etc., etc. One year left, he's 30. Surely you just sell him for a hundred mil. I don't, it just makes total sense. And, well, does it make sense? Let like, you, you tell me. For me personally, if I was the owner and if I was Daniel Levy, I would sell him and, and try and buy a replacement for, a younger replacement with that money, who could potentially be the striker for the next five, six years. And let's be honest, if you sell Kane to Bayern Munich, right, the, I think, and I'm pretty sure you guys will agree, he still wants that Premier League record. He's 30, so he'll probably go to Bayern for two seasons, maybe three seasons, and then come back to the Prem. So who's to say that Tottenham couldn't get him back when he's 33, 34? Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, you're right. Of course it makes total business sense. If Harry Kane's told him, told Daniel Levy or Joe Lewis, whoever he speaks to at the hierarchy of the club, that he wants to go, they've got to sell him, haven't they? Because otherwise they get rid of Harry Kane on a free last year. If I was Daniel Levy, I'd probably be looking at it now and thinking... Why didn't I let him go? Was it last, last summer the um, Harry Kane to Man City fiasco, was it the one before? Because they haven't got an awful lot to show for keeping him, have they, when they turned down 100 plus million last time? So this time they must be thinking we're definitely going to cut our losses. And I think Bayern Munich is... I don't think that would be Harry Kane's preferred option, but I just don't think Levy wants to sell him to someone in the Prem, does he? Because... Do so
2: so you think he would rather stay in the Prem and go to United or City? Oh, that, 100%. Or or
1: Chelsea. I, if any of them, if you were Harry Kane, right, you've got your... that. I think that top ever Premier League scorer is a massive accolade to get. It's not easy to get near that. Shearer was there for years and years and years, consistently scoring lots of goals. It probably won't get um, matched unless they extend the league in terms of how many teams are in it and how many games they play. He's got a real chance to do that. And I can't... Uh, Bayern Munich, the other thing is, I look at them and I just think, they've won the league for the last 10 seasons. So is he going to go over there, win the league and go, oh, this feels class. Or is he gonna feel uh, like it's, it's almost standard so yeah. i'm not sure that i'm not sure that fulfills his oh now I'm winning stuff maybe it does maybe I've just got a loser's mentality it'll be he'll be thinking right we'll go over to Germany win some trophies and that's lush out in the cabinet but if I was him I'd be thinking i want that premier League record I'm going to do everything i can to get a move to a Premier League club and if Daniel levy's faced with a situation now where he's saying right we you either sign a new deal or you go, how do you make Kane do that? Maybe Kane now says, no, that's right. I'll stay at Tottenham for another year. Then I'll go wherever I want.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's that's a complete... Yeah, well, it's the same with Mbappe, isn't it? Mbappe's tr- holding firm because it's, it's a similar situation, really. Mbappe wants to leave for free. By the sounds of it, Kane wants to leave for free. Like Tottenham have off- offered him a new um, maybe five or six-year contract worth 400 grand a week. I heard um Darren Ambrose on Talksport this morning basically said that that's not enough. He said that he should be they should be offering him six hundred grand a week, because basically he said it's one hundred and thirty million over a five year contract. Um, but they'd basically have to sell him. They'd have to, they they basically have to buy someone just as good as Kane for a hundred million, and then obviously pay them the wages on top. So you're actually spending more to replace him. I think. I think what Levy's
0: doing is he knows that the teams that he'd go to in the Prem, um, I'm taking City out of that in a minute while they got Haaland, but that obviously could maybe change if Haaland suddenly turned around at the end of next summer, if they won the treble again and said, you know, I want to go to Madrid or Barcelona, but he's looking at the teams who'd want
2: Kane. Or Al-Halal.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) I've always dreamed of playing out there. Um, (laughs) And, um, I think he's looking at the teams who'd sign him and they desperately need a striker now, right? So United are obviously in for Hodgkin. We can't go another summer without a, an out-and-out striker signing. We can't just loan someone else in who's who's not good enough. Chelsea, desperate for a striker, they're going to have to act this summer. And then I think if they both sign a striker and, uh, and City have got Haaland... Levy's thinking Kane gets another 25 goals next year, then he's right on the cusp of breaking the record, so won't leave. Will he just sign a new five-year yeah, deal at Tottenham?
2: No? Yeah, but that's a, that is a really good point. But let's be honest, his his Premier League suitors would be, would basically everyone would, would try and buy him for free, wouldn't they? Everyone would offer him a contract, even if you've got Haaland, even if you've got Hoysland uh, as United. He, like, he yeah, would, true. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like that Kane becomes so much more appealable if that's a word next summer for free because because obviously you just have to pay you just have to pay him the wages and you have to give Charlie Kane a bit of a sweetener
1: <laughs> yeah the the other thing about Harry Kane is he's not he's not a, he's got a player that he's a player that's still got a lot of years left in him at the top level I think he's not like someone that you know, um, relies on his pace and his athletic attributes. He's someone that's already adapted his game, sort of dropping deep and becoming more of a playmaker as well as scoring goals. He'll be there for four, five, six years yet. He'll easily break that record. And if I was him, I'd just sit there and I'd think, well, if I stay at Tottenham this year, I don't sign a new contract. They're, going, they're definitely going to play him, aren't they? He's yeah. not, it's not like they're going to leave him on the bench. Yeah. be there. And at what point do Tottenham say, well, even if we keep Kane, they're not. I don't want to piss off Tottenham fans, but they ain't winning anything major. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to build a team in enough time to win the Premier League whilst Kane's still around, are they? What's the point? Just let him go. I I reckon the best thing for them now, they can either keep him for a year, then let him go where he wants. And like you say, he'll have loads of suitors in the Premier League or just sell him now. But just sell him to a Premier League team. Don't ship him off the Bayern unit. What's the point? It's not like it's not going to affect Tottenham that much. It's not like they were going to win the league with Kane and now they're going to
0: finish outside the top four. They're going to be like fourth to sixth, aren't they? Whatever happens. If Kane went though and they didn't replace someone with how strong the prem is now, they could start looking at being ninth-tenth. Son's not played well last year. Obviously, hopefully he'll have a better one, I think. Still defensive issues. I know they're trying to sign a centre back. Um Mm -hmm. The
2: yeah charleston had a bad first year but surely yeah. he can't be that bad again i know he he had some injury issues but i
0: know but those Kane goals consistently every year gone they, who what are the center forwards in the world are there that you would start ahead of him at the minute harland yeah probably but just based on his age but some would still probably have Kane starting in a one-off game over him is yeah. there any other strike like out and out centre forwards in the world? So who would Spurs even get in for 100 mil? And if you've got a 100 mil budget for a player, which players are then going? Who are available for that are then going? Oh, yeah, I'll go to Spurs, who aren't going to finish in the top four. I don't personally think so. Aren't going? Aren't offering what what level of European football are they offering this year? Absolutely zero. Yeah.
1: They're going to have that problem regardless because games going within the next year, unless unless they take a massive gamble. And think right over the next year, we can work on him and get him to sign a new contract. Which may be the, that I'm sure they'll be speaking behind closed doors and they'll have an idea of whether that's possible or not. But they ain't going to be a, whether when Kane goes either this summer or next summer, they ain't, like you just said, Mark, there ain't strikers out there like him that they're going to be able to get. But that's tough, that's going to happen anyway, isn't it? They're going to have to try and recruit well and bring in a striker. Um, but I, I, I think Tottenham is still an attractive club to go to, maybe not for like the top, top elite guys in Europe, but. It never has been. Do you know what I mean? They've been quite lucky with Harry Kane. But they've got a massive stadium now. They've got some good players in there. Just signed James Madison. I, mean, I know Son had a poor season, but he's still there. Kluzeski on the other wing. It's quite an, it, it still could be an exciting, attractive club to play for, but they're just going to have to try and find someone to come in and, and take that – I know Kane isn't number nine, but play that number nine position. Yeah. And they're going to have to do it one way or the other. So they might as well make a decision and do it now. But I don't – I really don't like the Bayern Munich one. And like I said in the last – that we did. I, I just don't see Kane
2: doing that. Yeah, it is what, here's one for you. I'll chuck it out there a bit lazily, um, but it's obviously a similar situation to Mbappe. <laughs> what if you're Al Nasser or Al Halal come in for Kane and offer exactly the same to Tottenham as they kind of had to Mbappe, probably not a billion, but and just basically say, we'll, we'll have you for a year and then you can go off back and do your thing? What do you reckon? Would he, do you reckon he would go? No,
1: no, I don't think so either. But it's it's a bit of an inhumane question to ask, isn't it? How many people have been offered a billion pounds for a year?
2: Well, yeah, it's within football. football.
1: How do you answer that? It, it, I, I, in my head, Kane would definitely say no, but like, there's no way I, I'm 30 now, there's no way I'm going to play in Saudi Arabia for a year. But you might think that's uh, I was going to say that's me sorted for life, but he's probably sorted for life anyway. There's no way we can answer that question, is there? My gut feeling is no. For some reason, my gut feeling on Mbappe is, yeah, he would go there for a year, but he is six years younger.
2: Yeah, well, so that kind of... Because I would say, um, and it obviously leads us um, quite nicely into sort of the main bulk of the the conversation today, which will be the sort of effect of Saudi on the transfer scene this summer. Um, And obviously, because Kane's... in In my head, Kane's a bit similar to Jordan Henderson, in that I just never thought... So, I know Henderson's a bit older than Kane, but I just never thought someone like Jordan Henderson, like Liverpool captain, would go to Saudi and he's gone.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of different elements at play there, though, though. One's the Steven Gerrard thing, isn't it? That, I think that's been quite a big thing for Jordan Henderson. He, he's one of those players that is in that final chapter of his career now, isn't it? Liverpool yeah. looking to regenerate that midfield and he's thinking, do I go and play for Fulham or someone like that? Or do I go and... and what is it, 700 grand a week or whatever it is. I can understand that more. But Kane is the premium English player in the country, isn't he? And he's 30. And he's a different level to Jordan Henderson. And he still wants to do stuff. um, He still wants to win things domestically. He'll still want to win win things internationally. Do you know what I mean? So I think they're slightly different conversations. You're right. I didn't see Jordan Henderson doing it either. But when you look at his options, unless Liverpool are going to say you're going to play every week for us, it's probably sit on the bench for Liverpool, play at a... you know, like I said, a Fulham or I don't know a mid-table Premier League team, or go and earn loads and loads of money in Saudi Arabia, and you can't really blame him.
0: He's he's actually someone as well who I know we just touched on Kane, but was he Premier League, Champions League winning captain? John Henson? was he captain when they yeah. won that as well? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy, that guy's gonna from someone who was told by Fergie that he wouldn't make it
2: because he had weird
0: hips. Like, yeah, his gate
2: was his gate was strange, and he ran, and basically he'd have knee problems and hip problems yeah something like
0: that yeah he's uh he's gone on to do all right and uh yeah I think you know the Gerard part to it as well but I think there's a stat I know probably not a Premier League this is right across the level but I think it's some a stat that it's like 40% of professional footballers go uh bankrupt like within five years of retiring so I know probably at Premier League the investments are a bit smarter they've got some money sort of saved away and, and it wouldn't be is the same as lower league but there are cases of that so I think if you ticked over into your 30s you're not chasing down any sort of like goal record or in the hunt for something like that he's going to be looked back on as someone who made the absolute maximum out of his career gone to major tournaments with England scored in quarter final of a major tournament Premier League Champions League winning captain I, I don't blame him for, uh, for going. No
1: but- I think the other thing with that as well is that you touched on it there, the international one. Is he is he destroying his chances of starting for England in a major tournament when we've got Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice, I know Calvin Phillips not had a good year, but he's still got time to come again and players like that coming through. I asked you this the other day, Tomo, is that his England career done? And he's probably thought to himself, well, even if it is, you know, I've played a lot of games for England. I'm probably not starting in that midfield now. It's not enough to, you know, weigh the scales in the direction of staying. Whereas for someone like Harry Kane, or this is quite a big point, I think, any other young players or prime players, if they go to Saudi Arabia, say you're an England player, is Gareth Southgate going to think when the Euros come around next summer, I want to pick a player that's been playing in the league that probably is nowhere near as competitive than the yeah, Premier League that, to go into is, a major
2: tournament? That's really, in, that's I think that's a good point because you look at, obviously Ronaldo got picked. I mean, Ronaldo sort of, he's a different beast, to be honest, but he got picked for Portugal in the end of season. Um, was it friendlies or Nations League games um, by Roberto Martinez? Um, You look at, obviously, Ruben Neves. Um, He's gone. He's, what, 28? Yeah, Uh, he's a
1: bit of an anomaly. And Mitchell, Mitchell, I think he's only 28. So these little players like that creeping in, that does change things a little bit. And the more and more people like that go, but they do need someone like a Harry Kane, someone that is definitely going to play for England or their international team, whatever happens, and go and play in the Saudi Arabia League. Then yeah, it will
2: encourage um, more players to come through. I, I would be really, it'd be really interesting to see if Henderson gets in the squad. Just because he, like you say, he probably weren't going to start anyway. And Southgate's probably they probably had a conversation and acknowledged that fact. But he seems like a good egg. Like he's he's Liverpool captain. You're not you're not captain of Liverpool Football Club unless you are a good egg. Um yeah. And he'd be good to have around the squad. He's a leader. So it'd be interesting to see even if he is playing in Saudi at that lower level, if he does make the squad, but, but I mean, there,
0: there must be, there must be examples of players who've gone maybe not with England, but players who've gone and played in these leagues who still get picked. I know we spoke about Ronaldo. I'm sure Messi, if uh, if he hadn't retired or or came, well, still wanted to play for Argentina, but was playing in MLS, he'd still get in there. So, uh, I think Laura's right. If Harry Kane went over there, Southgate's not going to say, oh, you're playing in the Saudi Pro League.
1: That's what I mean. There's a certain core of players that will definitely play for their international team, whatever. But there's a lot of players, like, I don't know, like a Mason Mount or someone like that. Someone that's in the, the, the middle of their career or the, even towards the beginning of their career. If he goes and plays in Saudi Arabia, he he's one that's not guaranteed to get in the England squad. And he's thinking, what's the gaffer going to think about this? Do you know what I mean? So they need more players like that. And more and more that do it, the more the the league becomes more competitive and the more chance there is that the Saudi league grows on one hand and the players are still playing internationally and are able to win things and achieve what they want to do whilst earning all these big bucks. But that's going to take a lot of time and a lot of players to make a jump.
2: Um, That moves us on nicely, Loro, to um, sort of, if we get on to sort of the latest players who are going to be signing basically this week maybe next week you've got asm um mitro henderson mares um these are joining the likes of obviously benzema kante koulibaly mendy um let's have a look well, obviously ruben nevers milinkovic savic steven gerrard's obviously gone over there um, rodrigo what well, do you no that was qatar oh was it yeah, he uh, he's he joined Al Saad, so Qatar. Rodrigo's Although, not got the memo. Yeah, no, yeah, Rodrigo's like, oh yeah, what? Looking down the fixtures, when, when have we got Benzema?
0: You haven't,
2: Hot Rod. <laughs> yeah, You're no, he's he joined Al Rayyan in Qatar, and then Roman size has gone to Qatar as well, actually. But one guy who has rejected the Saudi money, which I think we can all agree is a bit of a surprise, was Marco Silva. Um. He's reportedly rejected forty million quid over two seasons. Um fair what play. Think, yeah, I know, I I kind of agree, but what, what do you think to that? Um I mean
0: I mean fair play for if he thinks that he wants to stick with Fulham and think that's a project, but if they lose Mitro, A his goals are going. Uh
2: which well, is so, just Yeah, so quick so quick like
0: season changing for them.
2: Quickly on they, that as well. Yeah, they're about to sign Jimenez, which makes you think that Mitro's going.
0: Yeah, so yeah Mitro, I mean Mitro's gone, hasn't he? Mitro gone. Jimenez, I don't think's really ever really recovered goal wise. Uh, no. I think Willian signed, but I, I think they'll struggle this year. And I think that I, I think that's a ballsy call and a fair play to Marco Silva for for rejecting that. But I think that will be something he will regret long term.
1: Yeah, Marco Silva, to be fair, doesn't skirt a challenge, does it? He's he's managed Hull, Watford, Everton, and Fulham. And he's a pretty good manager, yeah. to be fair to him. Um, you're right on the Jimenez one, all due respect, since that horrible head. I used to love him. I thought he did a yeah. great player. He's good in the air and he's good with his feet, he's a good goal scorer. Um, and if it may be Fulham are thinking maybe we can sort of rediscover that form a little bit, new lease alive, new club, new environment, and all that sort of thing. But I'm with you. I think they'll need a bit more if they're losing Mitro because he's uh, well, he's been everything for them, hasn't he, for the last couple of years, getting promoted from the championship and even last year before his suspension. But um, yeah, I, for some reason, I'm not surprised that Mitrović is is taking that, is taking the money and going to Saudi Arabia. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, by the way, each to their own. But um, but he uh, he's another one, isn't he? You always think he's about forty, but he's still
0: only I think he's yeah. To be honest, so, I've, I, I thought he might be in with a chance of getting a. Uh, I mean financially he is getting a big move, but I thought he might be someone that I don't know, like an Arsenal or if United got too deep into the summer, you know, at his age and his goals, might might have a look at. But um yeah, he's a yeah, can't knock him for taking the money. But um what did Marco Silva
1: say then? Yeah. What is there any quotes from him turning that down, or is it just uh, Marco Silva's rejected it? Because yeah. I quite liked it. Is he said no, I'm with Fulham and I'm building a project here and we're getting it to Europe? Because if that's the case, I I love that. I'd be buzzing if I was a Fulham fan.
2: Yeah, no. So he hasn't come out and sort of officially stated anything. It's just it's just been rejected. But and on Mitro. So yeah, Mitro. He I think he's Fulham's highest ever paid player. Um, something north of hundred grand a week, which is about five six million a year. He's getting. He'll be getting four or five times that in Saudi. So as much as it sort of does make, it does make your stomach turn a little bit with the figures we're dealing with, in any walk of life, in any walk of life, really, the reality is, if Saudi Arabia come in and say, right, Laro, I'm going to make you an estate agent over here and pay you five times your wages now, you probably go... 20,
1: right. 20 grand a year, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> now, I I agree. And like Merv just said as well, it's not like... It's not like Mitro's turning down a move to Man United or Man City or Real Madrid to go to Saudi Arabia. So it's probably not like he's going to win any. It's not like we're saying, oh, he's got no aspirations. He's 28 and those clubs aren't signing him. So he ain't winning anything anyway, is he? So he's it's stay with Fulham or stay with maybe a Europa League club or a lower level Champions League club or just think, fuck it. I'm going to Saudi and I'm earning half a million, half a billion a week or whatever it is. I don't know the, what the figures are now. I, I lose count. It's, it's too much money to keep count of. But again,
0: you can't blame them, can you? The only thing that surprised me with it was the fee that was being touted of like 25 mil. I, I think Mitro is worth way, way more than that to Fulham. Like they had a great year last year. I know he was banned, but they were, I think they were on the cusp of safety, if not safe when that ban happened.
2: Well, if you compare he, if you compare that fee there to um, Alan St-Maximin, like that's basically similar fee for him, and Mitro is a far more effective Premier League player. Albeit he, he did he was class last year, so he only done it in the Prem for one year. But if you look, compare Mitro and ASM, it's like apples and oranges. Like ASM's flashy, maybe hit. But this is another thing. Allegedly, is ASM's fee jacked up a little bit to help Newcastle? We he just no, like, I saw that. What is it? Twenty five million. Yes, it's twenty eight million.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't think that's it's ASM's a good, good player uh, in this day. Twenty eight million is not an awful lot of money in this in this day and age, is it? In terms of the transfer deals, the Premier League. I don't, I don't, I didn't get that. I thought that's probably about right. But you're right. The Mitro one should you'd expect to be higher. They're yeah. not. They're not on the same level in terms of what they should be I mean, worth. But I don't it, think Alan's <laughs> maximum twenty eight million sounds ridiculous. I'd be quite offended if I was Alan.
0: Yeah, I I just think with the Mitro, it's like if you if you sell a player right and he's. Your best player are in your first team. The money you get in needs to be able to sign an effective striker. I don't think there's many other strikers with Mitro's ability, knowing the Fulham way of play and the goals he scored for 25 mil. And yeah, look, maybe they're trying to bank a bit of profit, but Jimenez to Mitro, if that's the main change, their season could their season they had last year next year could be a lot worse for them. And if you start getting close to that relegation zone it's worth way, way more than what they got for Mitro. Um, and final point on Saudi before we move on, boys. Another one that I saw, which asked another uh, sort of moral compass question, is I saw that at one stage Fabinho's move was in doubt uh, because he has French bulldogs uh, and they're considered a dangerous dog in Saudi Arabia and actually banned. Uh, so his, I think his contract value is going to be worth £40 million, Uh And he was thinking about saying no because... He loves his dogs. Uh, Tomo, as a Vizsla owner, if, uh, if Saudi Arabia said, look, come in, run our social media accounts for us, but Roman has to stay. You know, we, we can't take Vizlas here, but it's 40 mil. Is, uh, are you staying put or is it sort of, you know, cheers, Roman, but i
2: got to go? Yeah, well, yeah, that's obviously a difficult one. But... <laughs> Yeah, and Roman's let he's he's left the room now, thank God, so he won't be able to hear this. But yeah, you just have to leave leave the dog with family members, wouldn't you, for a couple of years? Bank the money and then come back. Hopefully, the dog's still knocking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah <it's> good. <laughs> any- nice. anyway, so yeah, so from one goat to another, uh, let's move on to Messi's MLS debut. Um, or wasn't his MLS debut, but a debut um, for into Miami. Um, against Cruz Azul obviously into Miami they're on a bit of a losing streak they had one in 11 games did, did you boys manage to catch the goal like the the obviously social media clips etc cetera, etc cetera?
0: yeah I I saw the goal uh MLS another league that if it was on TV I wouldn't be sticking on because Messi Busquets, Jordi Alba have signed or anything like that um but you know with with Twitter you're gonna see all the goals I did see it I saw it was late in the game I saw it was a magic messy moment but uh yeah beyond that I haven't seen too much of it
1: no that's what it's there for isn't it it's, it's for clips for social media and to market the club I'm not interested in the slightest in into Miami to be honest yeah. with you it's just it's a bit of a parade at the end of the career isn't it to go and live the high life which is fine and like you said all the stars were there or whatever and he hugs his kid after scoring the goals and you see loads of TikToks on Twitter clips of it but that's what it is he's not over there to put it's not over there to become a really decorated footballer is he he's achieved everything and now he's just in miami probably scoring at will i would imagine over the over the coming weeks and
2: months yeah i I agree that's the thing that's the thing basically he's he like the way that they're paying him so what a part of part of the deal for them is that he gets a percentage of the apple subscriptions to mls well, there so, you go then. Yeah, it says it all, doesn't it? So Apple are paying, are basically paying for the move, um, yeah. and M- the, quite a lot of MLS clubs have sort of chipped in so that he can move over there. It's like imagine Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, and Arsenal all pitching in so Man United could sign someone. It's 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 insane, but I suppose that's a league like the MLS. That's what they've got to do to get to get Messi. Um, but it's nice to see and and. Just on that on that on that note, we'll end this conversation uh, this topic quickly. But on that note, who do you think is the goat, Messi or Ronaldo? Quick, just quickly,
0: Laura, you go. I'm a United fan, so you go.
2: Well, I've always, always, always,
1: always been Ronaldo. Um, so I'll stick with Ronaldo. But the World Cup win, I thought for Messi, kind of brought it a lot closer together, but. I just always think if I, I could put one of them in their prime to have in my team to win me a, a game in a cup final, I'd always want Ronaldo.
0: Yeah. Uh, if we're leaving uh, R9 out the conversation, um, I was Ronaldo for obvious reasons, being a United fan. I agree with Lauro. Uh, one game. And some of the things he used to do like in the Champs League and stuff like that, I'd have him. But I think his fall off has been like alarming watching United those couple of years. Maybe nobody would have done well in that United side, but uh well, I thought hang that was on. Hang on, he didn't do too badly, did he, at United when he came back uh, in? No, he scored he did score some important goals and I think he always will do that, but he he looked pretty Pretty average up there, and I think actually killed United style of play and how they were starting to play. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, sorry, Ronaldo, I'll stay Ronaldo. <laughs> but if mess if Messi gets double figures in MLS, then we'll revisit. Because <laughs>
2: yeah, all right, okay, moving on then. So, so who are, who are you, Thomas? Um, well, quickly, Messi, just for just for completely, Cheers. yeah, aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing. Um, he's just better and, the eye.
0: and as a United fan that's normally counts double doesn't it as well for any Messi votes because most uh, got blind faith to yeah, Ronnie fair to. Fair good. To. So you can't really argue with Messi can you cool where to next then Tomo
2: um, right so in other news transfer news over the weekend you've got a couple of most the, the most notable one I guess would be Harvey Barnes to Newcastle 38 million quid quite a lot of money to Leicester, good 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 deal for them, I think, because he's always gonna leave. Um and then you've also got Wilf Zahar's decision to go to Galatasaray, which I'll be honest, caught me by surprise. I thought he, he could because he's a free agent, he could he could have the sort of a pick of not the top top clubs in Europe, but the sort of the next level below, like your Dortmunds. Um Yeah. How that, bizarre
1: it, how bizarre is that? Like, like, if, if even if he don't want to stay in the prem, is he not one that should be going to Saudi? Well, like, he, he's he getting was... the worst of both worlds. He's going to Turkey to play for Galatasaray, so no one ever hears him of him again. So he's not staying in the prem and building on his sort of reputation as a decent Premier League player like he has been for the last decade. And he's not going to Saudi and get the money. Yeah, but he's... going to Turkey.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a strange one, and maybe our sort of English arrogance is setting in a little bit in a sense of, obviously the Turkish league isn't that great, but Galatasaray like, and the Turkish people are absolutely nuts about football. Like, yeah, are, like it, yeah. it will be good. He will be treated like a God over there.
0: Yeah. But he, he'd have that. If, I mean, if he, if his decision is that he plays European football, Galatasaray rather than Saudi Arabia, I mean, he'd have been treated like a God over there as well. Like,
1: the,
0: yeah, the, the, you see sorry, videos of like the private jets that these people are on, but I mean, Turkey used to be like you know. I know you got like Graham Sumner and people like that used to go over there. I think that used to be quite a reputable league. I don't really hear too much. Yeah, it's it. nothing against the Turkish. It's just in this
1: moment in time, I'm not sure what Turkey are bringing to the table for Zaha that he can't get almost anywhere else.
0: Right. He so we'll him. add a second uh, edit note as well. Uh That's added to the Saudi people, now the Turkish as well. Uh, No offense meant to to Turkey or Saudi Arabia, uh, a second edit note. So we're off to a great start, boys. Two two podcasts, two huge, huge countries pissed right off. uh, (laughs) Um, I don't really want to dwell on that one too much. I've got quite strong feelings, and Laura, I think you're the same, and Tom, I wouldn't imagine you're too different on Harvey Barnes. I would say, obviously maybe class a championship player now for being at Leicester, but I think one of the most underrated players in the Prem. I had a look at the stats last season, so how he compared to goals. So obviously you had Harland, Harry Kane out in front, Tony, Salah, Wilson, Rashford, Martinelli, Watkins, Odegaard, Mitro, Saka, and then Harvey Barnes on 13. Saka, Mitrovic on 14. Saka was considered as probably his... Coming of age breakout season last year. Unbelievable. Uh, Rashford, you know, did get up 17, four goals more, but that was considered like an unbelievable signing for him. I know he scored some goals in Europe, uh, but Harvey Barnes In a relegated side as well. Yeah, had more than Jesus, more than Foden, more than Eze, more than Isaac, more than Madison, McAllister, Son. I just think that is an absolutely great return in a relegated side and anyone who's saying they're underwhelmed by the Barnes to Newcastle signing, I, I I think it's a really poor take. I think he's a, a great player. And, and actually, interesting to hear your thoughts.
2: Yeah, so it's a, I think it's another example of sort of Eddie Howe's Newcastle and Dan Ashworth's Newcastle. Like we like let's be honest, we all got not excited, but we all did think that Saudi would come in with that money and splash it on your People like that, like what Man City did, maybe take three or four years of stupid, massive transfers, and then and then obviously start to get smart about it. But Harvey Barnes is just another example of a good, effective recruitment plan. Harvey Barnes, like basically, what they're doing is they're selling ASM and bringing in Harvey Barnes to replace him. ASM for all his talent and like obvious talent pace. But he's he's never scored more than five goals in a Premier League season, and he's he's like a
1: one in ten. He's a one in ten type player, and he has a good game and then goes missing for a month.
2: Yeah, and like basically, if Newcastle on Sky Sports, which which, granted is basically every single week these days, but Saint Maximum will have a great game or do something Twitter worthy or TikTok worthy, and everyone will be like, "Wow, amazing!" But the reality of his stats and sort of general effectiveness. Maybe he sort of flatters to deceive a little bit, whereas obviously, as you've just outlined, Harvey Barnes is the complete opposite to that. Where he was more effective than you actually realised, like, yeah. and he's obviously a really hard worker off the ball. I mean, he, obviously, he was basically let like basically Leicester's best player last year. Obviously, James Madison had some injury issues, um, so Harvey Barnes did like absolutely everything he could to keep that club up which is sort of more than you could say for some of those players. Um, yeah. 38 million is quite a lot. And I do think Leicester have got a good deal there, but just for the simple fact that he is a championship player now, really, um, but in the grand scheme of things, sort of good for all parties, I think.
1: Yeah. Good deal all round, isn't it? I don't, I don't think 38 million is a lot of money, but like you say, when you get relegated, you expect to have to take a bit of a hit on these premium players, don't you? Um but like, you've said it all. I was going to say, what an underrated play. You, you, with Harvey Barnes, you get the direct runner, you get a pacing behind, and you're getting someone who's a hell of a good finisher. That's what he is. He's really, really good in front of goal. Um, he always scores against Leeds. He scored, I think he scored in like five or six consecutive games against us. So we've always seen the best of Harvey Barnes when I've been watching Leeds' games against him. And I just think, like you say, good addition from Eddie Howe. An obvious one, a simple one. I'm surprised there wasn't more competition. Maybe there was. Um, But yeah, one of the best players at Leicester who've been a good team for the last few years. Very good footballer, nice price. And he'll fit in well on that left-hand side there, won't he?
0: Just interesting to see what Eddie Howe... I know obviously they've got European football, so you need depth in both positions and that's what the top teams do. But uh, with Wilson obviously playing through the middle. He's at tended to go off the left a bit. Anthony Gordon um, had a good good competition for uh, the under-21s in the summer. He's going to be looking to go in. Uh, it be really interesting to see if Barnes is a starter out there from first game of the season in the Prem. I know, obviously, they're going to have champs League fixtures and stuff like that, and that's what all great teams do, but be really interested to see if he can tie down that place and what Anthony Gordon's like this year.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, what Eddie held, another thing he does well is he rotates those players well, doesn't he? Like, uh, Isaac and Cannon Wilson last year, people were thinking, how are they how are they both going to get enough game time? Who's going to be the preferred one? Well, like you say, they he chopped and changed them. He played them together. He played Isaac off the left. And both of them kept on scoring goals. So, he's brilliant at doing that. And uh, I do think Barnes will probably, you know, when the dust settles, I think he will start on that left-hand side for them. I don't know if one's going to have the same sort of season, but I can quite easily see it being Barnes, one Wilson or Isaac. But he's got quite a good fluidity there and he seems to be able to keep a lot of good players happy, which is normally quite a hard thing to do at a big football club, which Newcastle is, and obviously only going to get bigger. But like you said, they've got Europe this year as well, so there'll be plenty of game time for all of them. And uh, yeah, go in places, although I do think it's going to be tough this year for them because they kind of overachieved a little bit last year and now you know, the owners and probably the football club are thinking, right, fourth. And we've got Europe to contend with. Um so hopefully everything works out well for them. But you've got you've got a lot of you've got a couple of clubs in sort of Chelsea, especially in Liverpool, that didn't do as well last year. So they didn't have that competition. Um so it'd be interesting to see if everyone's firing all cylinders where they end up this year with that with
0: that added um European charge as well. Yeah, that that could be one where they're sixth or seventh and sort of a few points off top four and their owners start panicking just thinking that the standard now is that Newcastle were sort of in and amongst it at Christmas and finishing top four. And that, that could be one where you suddenly wake up on Sunday and they've sacked Eddie Howe and you're just like, what on earth are you doing?
1: You'll just see Zinedine Zidane holding up a
0: Newcastle scarf in November. Yeah. Which is a shame, but that's football. Right guys. uh, I think we, we're looking at doing two pods this week. So, um, maybe touch on sort of pre-season next time out um what results are starting to to happen uh, a lot of kind of prem fixtures uh, all prem fixtures happening with some high scores and some some good results we will look at uh, also probably touch on most people would have seen the referee body cams and player body cams that have uh, been trialed in some of these fixtures as well uh, an interest with that but just to wrap up on today uh with a little look uh, across the Football League and some of the teams that we touched on last week. Uh, we'll come on to, to Yeovil, Laurie, which I know is close to your heart. But um, a, a third apology of the pod, actually. Uh, last week, we touched on um, Peterborough not being able to go up because they ran into uh, Sheffield Wednesday uh, and Ipswich. And uh Tom, I forgot to uh, mention Plymouth, who I think actually did they... Did they get close to 100 points, Loro, and, and win
2: the league?
1: They were top all year and obviously did an amazing job and won the league. So, yeah, I think a third apology um, from the podcast this week to the Plymouth Argyle
0: fans and the Janners. Yeah, so pie face if you're watching, sorry about that one. Uh, Derby off to a great start pre-season, uh, 3-0 win. I think that I think their bookies' odds have, have brought them in even further. It looks like they're going to... Uh, going to be a, a very strong outfit this year um and and be really interested to see how they go um and then just on the the uh, national league south and a, a league close to to our hearts so uh yoval loro they had a fixture on saturday much to write home about from that no
1: yeah i, like, I won't apologize yovo is close to my heart and i think everyone on the pod so we will be speaking about them probably most weeks won't we um but we did play totten united i think it was at the weekend and won 2-1 so not an awful lot to report um other than another win um another fixture that our players got some more legs in their uh, got some more uh, minutes in the legs and look good again um and today we've signed sonny bluelow everton who was with us a couple of years ago under darren soul a couple of years older now a bit more experienced, and that will be uh, a good addition for us as well um because I think Torquay played Exeter on the weekend and won at a canter. So they're looking pretty good. Um, and I'm starting to get a little bit worried about just how good they are. So, what, week and a half now? Just over, just under two weeks until the football season begins? I can't wait, to be honest with you. Yeah.
0: I saw, I saw Yeovil had won at Totten, uh, who I think play their football in the Southern Prem or Southern League One, uh, which is a decent standard. Um, but the Yeovil fans replying pictures of boats with HMS pissed the League were maybe a, uh, a tad early with Torquay going and winning at Exeter, but good to back the local team. Um, and chaps, I think that's all we've uh, got time for for this episode. Obviously, as I say, we'll be back later in the week to look at, at pre-season and uh, some of the other bits, but any kind of closing points? How's the FPL team shaping up? Um, um, have
1: they what? released Harvey Barnes yet?
0: It'll be an interesting one. 6.5.
1: 6. 6.5? 6. Yeah. That sounds like a mistake. It's yeah, a, with can... 13 goals last
0: year, 6.5. Yeah, is he signed for Villas, the same price as well and I can't see many going for him over Barnes. Um, I guess the only thing with Barnes to be touched on will he play? But he's going to have minutes in he? regardless. I think he's uh, he'll be going in a lot of people's teams. I've seen Onana as well, 5 mil. I know Laura, not the biggest fan of that but United kept a load of clean sheets. He's gone in at five mils so of people swapping Ramsdale and and a couple of other faces like that for him. So,
2: Tomo, also, how you look him? Well, what I think what will be interesting if Kane does go to Bayern Munich, because if that's the case, then sort because I'm I'm definitely Kane and Haaland this this year, basically all the way through if he plays. if he's at Tottenham, um, if he goes to Bayern, and then it will then you, that's obviously another. Well, how much is he? Is he 13 mil, Kane, or is he 12.5? Um Kane's
1: 12.5 and Highland's 14, I think.
2: Yeah, but so yeah, so if he goes to buy and then it sort of throws the spanner in the works and sort of you could you can change your whole team really, because I'd it'd probably maybe be Salah. Um, but then obviously yeah, so that's the one to look out for. But like most things with Tottenham, that would probably drag out until the end of August. So you, you, you like either way, you'll probably I don't don't think he's going to go anywhere, is he? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. you see him in another shirt? I can. No, but yeah, I thought about Messi and Barcelona. Now look.
0: Well, boys, I'll leave you with one. Um, And I'm probably going to sound like Richard Keyes here when uh, he suggested that Roberto Martinez was the man for the uh, Man United job. But I'm going to give you one anyway. Uh, I'm not going for Harry Kane this year. I'm actually going for Darwin Nunes at 9.5 million. I'm speechless I think we'll wrap up there cheers all